sound matter, what not count. What the hell are you doing? I told you we weren't getting involved. You got us involved and you brought us here. Now you hold on a minute, Burge. Hold on nothing. I walk around this town and look these people in the eyes just like someone slapping me in the face. These people are afraid to walk down the street, and I'm trying to make money off that like some goddamn vulture. If we're gonna have a future in this town, it's gotta have some law and order. Please, Verge, don't do this to me. It's got nothing to do with you, Wyatt. It's got to nothing do with to do with me. I'm your brother, for Christ's sake. God, I don't believe this. Talk to him, will you? Or hit him. Oh, God, don't tell me. Like you said, Wyatt, we're brothers. Got to back your brother's play. Just did like I figured you would. All right, now you listen to me. Not gonna fight you, Ringo. There's no money in it. Sober up, come on, boys. Wretched slugs. Don't any of you have the guts to play for blood? I'm your huckleberry. Well, I didn't think you had it in you. I'm your huckleberry. Hello, hello, I'm Katie, and welcome to Retromade, your pop culture rewind. I hope you all had a nice Christmas. Yep, this movie that we're talking about today was released on Christmas Day, so I wanted to align this episode with its anniversary. So today we're going to travel back exactly 30 years to December of 1993 for the Old West pseudo-biographical drama that is Tombstone. And as always, we'll touch on all the other happenings of the time. Today, I'm excited to have Hal Rudnick here with me from the Binge Boys podcast. Hal is a host and a comedian, and you might know him from Screen Junkies, Disney Channel, and Key and Peele. Hal, thank you for joining me. Katie, it's my pleasure. I always love talking movies, and this is a classic uh, uh, classic 90s action western that I have not seen in a while. I rewatched it uh, getting ready for this, and uh, yeah, it brought back a lot of memories. Uh, yeah. Some good uh, Old West fun. Yeah, and I can't believe it's 30 years ago. But before we get into it, do you want to tell us a little bit more about you and your work? Sure. Well, I love movies. I've gotten a, you know, I was a film major in school. And my father, growing up, he gave me an, an education on classic cinema. When I wanted to go out and ride bikes with my friends or uh, run around, he was like, sit down. Uh, you're watching uh, some film noir or uh, speaking of Westerns, his favorite Western was a Western called Shane. Shane with Alan Ladd from the 1950s, I believe. For, late 40s, early 50s, directed by George Stevens. And a lot of people might remember a scene from Shane was playing in a, a more recent film, Logan, mm -hmm. the Wolverine movie uh, with Hugh Jackman, Patrick Stewart, etc. Th so there was like a tip of the cap to this old Western Shane, which was a favorite of my dad's. I've seen it maybe three or four times. It's uh, it's definitely a classic. Has a lot of those Western tropes. Jack Palance mm. was also in it. Mm. Him from City Slickers. He's a great villain. He is a good villain. Shane. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, real like dressed in black and just a bad dude in Shane. 
So yeah, love movies, uh, westerns, uh, uh, many many favorites. Do you, Katie? If I could turn the tables for you, do you have a do you have a favorite western of all time? You know, I am going to be embarrassed to say I'm not a big western person i do recall watching mm -hmm. some of the old ones probably john wayne ones yeah like at my grandparents house but i couldn't i don't know mm -hmm. what they were called they were just kind of on in the background um, oh sure well, yeah I, I would recommend just as far as john wayne there's uh there's a western where uh, he plays sort of an anti-hero and it's it's a really a different take for him it, it's not as because he played a lot of glorified like uh you know I'm the man in the white hat. There's a bad guy in the black hat and everything is uh, pretty mm. cut and dried. Mm -hmm. But in, in a film called The Searchers, there's a really dark, tonally different Western with John Wayne. And I would highly recommend checking out The Searchers. And then there's another John Ford Western with, the, with John Wayne called Stagecoach. Which I feel like also, I have seen that. Yeah, yeah. Another classic. Good recommends. Thank you. For sure. Well, I'm oh, glad and, you have uh, some familiarity forget. with the westerns. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I also love uh, the one of the greatest western comedies of all time, Mel Brooks's Blazing Saddles. I don't think I've seen that, but I've heard a lot about it. I've seen it's, City Slickers. Uh, <laughs> City Slickers. That's a, a modern comedy classic. L love me some Billy Crystal mm -hmm. and uh, the aforementioned Jack Palance. Mm -hmm. Well, before we open the time capsule, I wanted to showcase one particular comment that we had on YouTube and how this will make more sense to you in a little bit. But so Jamie, who um, we've had on before, he was uh, one of my guests on the Roadhouse episode, and he cool. is on the 80s and 90s Overlooked slash Uncensored podcast. Gotcha. He says, Kurt and Patrick should have done a Brothers Separated at Birth action movie. I have the whole plot and all the action sequences in my head right now. And Jamie, thank you for the comment. I would like for you to go ahead and continue writing this, even though our Swayze has left us. I still want the script. And I agree. That would have been really fantastic. Okay, Absolutely. well, let's... And this that will make more sense in a little oh. bit, Hal. <laughs> mm. If you're unfamiliar with the show, I usually try and kind of set the stage for the time period the movie was in by opening a little gotcha. time capsule from December of 1993. Uh, All right, the, I lived I lived through it, so please take me back in the Wayback Machine, Katie. I the '90s are better because I have a, a better memory for them as well because I, I was quite young in the '80s. But so the Nielsen rated top shows from the '93-'94 season: okay. We have Home Improvement, Yep, Yep, Seinfeld, mm -hmm. Roseanne. I feel like she's been almost every time we cover Nielsen ratings. Roseanne is in the top. Grace Under Fire, and this was actually the premiere season for that show with Brett Butler. I've oh, wow. talked about watching yeah. that before. Mm -hmm. Coach. Sure. Craig Frazier. T. Nelson. Yeah, Craig T. Nelson. Oh, Frazier. Frazier. Wow. This was the premiere season of Frazier as well. That's so, funny. And now here we are. Everything old is new again. Frazier's back. Indeed. Were you a Frazier fan then or now? I like Frazier. I haven't checked out the new season. Uh, the, the reboot, but uh, yeah, I enjoyed Frasier and Niles. Niles is great. I liked uh, Niles too. David Hyde Pierce. Mm -hmm. And I love, love Frasier's theme song. It's so weird. I don't really yeah, get it. it. It is weird. It's random. Yeah. I don't know. I think it is Kelsey Grammer singing it. Um, yeah, that would make sense. And uh, it's it, like, it's just the perfect amount of weird and random. 
And uh, I, I love it. Good point on the theme song. And it's super random. Yes. Also, Murphy Brown. And for some reason, I never really watched. I never got into Murphy Brown. For some, I don't really know why. I've seen a little bit of it. And again, another show that was uh, brought back and rebooted just a few That's years right. ago, Murphy Brown. And I don't I, know if it went for a season or two. Mm, yeah. Good question. I feel like I the, saw the some of it. It must not have lasted super long. Uh, Roseanne also, I actually do think that the new seasons of Roseanne are quite good. Or the Connors now, as it's called, um, because Roseanne right. isn't on it anymore. But, but mm -hmm. I just, I am a big fan of John Goodman. Uh, I like a lot of his yeah, stuff. Yeah, John Goodman's so. great. Oh my gosh. One of the best character actors of all time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Also, this is 93-94 season. Murder, she wrote, was also in the top-rated Nielsen. Yes. Oh, my mother loves Murder, she wrote. But I feel like all people of a certain age... Yep, mine too. ...have to... Yeah, have to love Murder, she wrote. And do, you, do your folks or do you know any elder folks who love British mysteries? I like... <laughs> I kind of like British mysteries. I don't feel good. like you have good taste. Yeah, I don't feel like my parents, they must not have really reached us, you know, on the standard cable. But my mom yeah. loves like everything on BritBox, mm -hmm. uh, the, the Midsummer Murders. And, yeah. But Murder, she wrote. Absolutely. Uh, Angela Lansbury, RIP. Yeah, she is a gem. She really is. Now, I got to say, I was surprised because Murder, She Wrote is almost always in the top ratings, even when we went back to the 80s. So I had to look up. Mm. This show ran from 84 to 96. Wow. Did you realize that? run. Mm -hmm. No. Wow. Yeah. 12. That's, what is that? 12 years? It's a crazy long time. Quite a run. Quite a run. For like an old lady. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Good work, Lansbury. Yes. Now, there were some, not necessarily in the oh, top. Oh, here's a trivia question oh. for you. Can you name the Murder, She Wrote spinoff? No, I don't think I realized there was one. What is it? Oh, don't say. Father Dowling. Oh, Father that's Dowling. a Murder, she Yes. Do you remember that one with Tom well, Bosley, can... who was the dad on Happy Days? Yes, I can picture it. I don't, I'm, I couldn't tell you much about the show. But that is a I'll great piece of trivia. I'll tell you exactly what the show, uh, it's Murder, She Wrote, except with instead of having a mystery novelist played by Je Jessica Fletcher, uh, Angela Lansbury, it was a mystery show. And the mysteries were solved by a priest, the titular Father Dowling. Because he, go. yeah, they were friends in the original show or what was the deal? Yeah, I think so. I, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I like it. Uh, if anyone has any info on and or any more intel on the Father Dowling Murder, She Wrote connection, please comment below. <laughs> yes, good call. Or if you watch that or find reruns. I like I like a lot of these old shows like Murder, She Wrote is still on. Reruns are still on on, you know, one of those like point two yeah, digital like channels. TV yes, or, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, you know, I love the sitcoms of the 70s, like The Odd Couple and uh, Taxi. Oh, those yeah. Are, uh, that, that's some good stuff. I did watch the newer version of The Odd Couple with um, oh, uh, Thomas Lennon uh, and uh, Lennon and uh, yeah, Matthew Perry. Matthew Perry, I quite liked it. I but I never saw the original version. 
Yeah. Oh, the original's fantastic. I it's so good that I couldn't even bring myself to watch the new one. I'm okay. sure it's then I'm gonna sure add it to my list. In its own right, but it's yeah, Jack Klugman and Tony Randall uh mm-hmm. played yeah, main characters. Uh good stuff, good stuff. Added to my list. Now, some finales that weren't necessarily in the top ratings. We have The Golden Palace. Speaking of spinoffs, that was The Golden Girls spinoff. Oh, I never, I don't remember ever watching The Golden Palace. I only recently watched it. I hadn't up until a few years ago. It is, it's without Dorothy. Ah, so, gotcha. Yeah. Also, Saved by the Bell. This was their last year. Oh, yeah. Total 90s classic. It will be replaced with um, Saved by the Bell, the college years, as well Mm -hmm. as the new class. Those shows premiered this year. Yeah. Gotcha. Also, David Letterman switches. So he, his last year with Late Night with David Letterman on NBC is this year. um, This was its finale year. And then he started on CBS. So that was, I, I don't love, know if anybody remembers love that. I love David Letterman. I remember that. Um, be, uh, growing up, when I was just I was just a kid in like grade school, I used to stay up way past my bedtime and watch the 12.30 to 1.30 David Letterman show on NBC after yeah. the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. And, oh, Katie, I'll tell you what, that was like, it really blew my mind. I was like, oh, this is funny. This like it really helped shape my funny bone. I love David Letterman. He has he's definitely different. There's something about David that's different than the rest of the late night guys, for sure. Yeah, he was a game changer. He mm-hmm. really pushed the boundaries with humor and was really inventive. And I think Conan O'Brien took that mantle as far as being because in that 12:30 spot, you can be a little bit more edgy and cuckoo True. and weird than the 11:30 when uh, you know, uh Regular folks are still up. You get the weirdos come out for the 1230. (laughs) (laughs) Decent people are trying to sleep. Exactly. Um, Also uh, ending this year was Major Dad, Designing Women, A Different World, Doogie Hauser, MD, which was like a phenomenal. I very much remember watching that show. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask you one more trivia question? Please do. Can you name... Can you tell me what the major dad designing women connection is? I didn't watch major dad. So no. Gerald McCraney, who played major dad, was married to Delta Burke. In the uh, show? From designing woman. No, in IRL. Oh, oh, okay. Good uh-huh. one. Good one. I. What's the um, Annie Potts? Is she the one? That's in, I don't know if it's still on, but the she's show in Designing young, Women. Oh, young, young Sheldon. Sheldon yep. she plays I, what the is grandma. she, his grandmother or something? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah she's good also, in that. Also, she was in Ghostbusters. Yeah, she was. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Swamp Thing. Do you remember this show at all? Uh, vaguely, I should. I think I'm losing some nerd cred. Well, it was on the USA Network. So it was kind of one of those. I don't know if it lasted very long, but I, I can, I do Was recall. it Michael J. White? Mm, no, I don't think okay. it was a, it was strange. It was very strange. Like it yeah, was an actual they, like I'm, swamp I'm creature. But the swamp thing, it's a famous comic book. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And swamp thing television series. 
Double Darrow, and this was the Nickelodeon television oh, show. Oh, I loved that. <laughs> yeah, with the slime, like kooky things. Yes. And then these three, I loved these three. This was their final year for Life Goes On. Um, do you remember mm-hmm. that show with, was it Patty yeah, Lapone was, was the mom? A, yeah, and it was about a kid with Down syndrome. and it Corky. Was like a, yeah, was Corky. His name? Yeah, it was a sweet show, and I'll remember it was. the Beatles theme song. Yeah. And the Wonder yeah. Years. So those two had a similar feel to me. Oh, yeah. The Wonder Years and Life Goes On. And then mm-hmm. Perfect Strangers. This was also the last year for Perfect Strangers. Did you oh, watch that one? Yeah. I absolutely watch Perfect Strangers all the time. And uh, oh, what the heck are the names of the a Bronson Pin show? And the keeping me, but Larry's, the, per, yeah. Has his, his cousin in the show. Balky. Not, uh, yeah, Balky's cousin is having a little bit of a resurgence. He pops up every oh. now and again. Oh, he was yeah. on She-Hulk. He was on. He had a great part in one of the truly underrated shows of the past fifteen years or so. HBO's The Leftovers. Uh, I got, I got the a, Leftovers. Oh, Why does that Mark, sound familiar? Mark, yeah. Oh. Uh, yes, I think you're right. You're on to the. Uh, Mark Lynn Baker. Yeah, and I got it without good call. looking it up. Yep. Whew. Good. Um, he the the leftovers is a show with oh who's the fellow with the jet black hair who uh, Jennifer Aniston was married to. Oh yes. yes. I feel like I did see this. Uh, Justin Thoreau is that who you're thinking Justin of? Justin Thoreau. Yeah, mm-hmm. Justin Thoreau is in it, and I was introduced to the actress that from that show, Carrie Coon. Carrie Coon is fantastic. She's been in a bunch of stuff since then, but the leftovers. I will say the second season of The Leftovers, the three season show, okay. the second season, one of the great seasons of television and uh, The Leftovers criminally overlooked and underrated. Okay. It seems very familiar to me. Also, Regina King is in it. Oh, like, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to have to. It seems very familiar, but good call on that. Some additional yeah. premieres for 93. Yes. Boy Meets World. Um, mm. that was a little bit, I feel like I'm like one year, a little too old for that. Like I watched yeah, it, but I, I wasn't about a lot of stuff. Yeah. I watched it, but yeah, I, I didn't I caught love a little it. bit of it. I know a friend of mine is married to Topanga. She Daniel is one Fischl. of those girls yeah. like her and Winnie from the wonder years. Yeah. The wonder years. I feel like a lot of guys had big crushes on those two. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Heartthrobs yeah. of the nineties. Yeah. Um, I was obsessed. So the nineties, this is like the mid nineties, like Ricky Lake. This was her premiere. The talk shows of the nineties, sure. like Jenny Jones, Maury Povich, Ricky Lake, like all of those were yeah. Montel Williams. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. of that. Daytime talk Loved shows. that. Yeah. Fun stuff. And then we have Beavis and Butthead. Oh, on fun. MTV. Cool. Yep. I loved it. Let's see. NYPD Blue. This was its premiere season. Oh, yeah, that was, you know, they, then they, they introduced like breaking some barriers. Yeah. We saw Dennis Franz's ass. Yes, it was right? such a big deal. Yeah. And what's oh, yeah. the, the dark haired, uh, Jimmy Smith? Jimmy Smith's or... was like a heartthrob, I feel like, for the older. Oh, yeah. Like, and then like... David Caruso. Yeah. Mm hmm. Oh, I mm-hmm. forgot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, it, you're right about it being um, like barrier breaking, I think. One of my favorite shows of all time. This is its premiere season. The nanny. Oh yeah, Fran Drescher, who uh, 
The writer's strike. Another trivia question. Yes. Uh, she is president of the Screen Actors Guild. She is. I loved seeing her. She's one of my favorite people. I really like her a lot. Oh, yeah. She's, yeah, she, and she's got a lot of, uh, she's got a lot of moxie. Yes. Good word for her. Indeed. Oh, yeah. Then we have Animaniacs and Living Single. Those are the only other premieres that I thought y'all might be interested in. Nice. Mm-hmm. 93. Okay. And the particular week, we're going to move on to music. Top 10 billboards for the week of December 25th, 1993. Mariah Ooh. Carey's Hero is the number one song. Oh, sure. Um, I'm not sure. Because the, isn't there, there's also like a Enrique Iglesias Hero. Yeah, good. Yes, there is. And then there's, uh, isn't there like, oh, the Wallflowers or, oh, no, We Could Be Heroes. That's David Bowie covered by the Wallflowers. Uh, there's probably a but, ton uh, of songs that are either called hero or have hero in them. Yes. I would imagine, yeah. Again by Janet Jackson is the number two song. And then uh, can I can I ask you a Mariah Carey related question, Katie? Is it about Christmas? Yes. Okay. How do you feel about All I Want for Christmas? Um, I do think it's good, but it's just gotten a little too. You know how when something gets popular. Like it kind of loses popular. its it yeah. loses its luster a little bit. I, that's kind of how I feel about it. What about yeah, you? I'm not a I'm not. Yeah, I feel similarly. I'm not a hater, but it's you know, like all the every like ubiquitous uh, holiday Christmas song gets overplayed mm -hmm. at, around this time of year. So I think good for Mariah. Cash those checks, girl. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Doesn't need me to tell her. Yeah. You heard of a, a little band called Ace of Bass and how popular they were at this time? Oh, yeah. I remember them from back in the day. Yep. All That She All Wants. All That She Wants. That's yes. the number three song. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, I remember this being enormous, and it's wild to me to think. Meatloaf, just as, a, oh. as an artist, mm -hmm. um, but I Do Anything for Love, But I Won't Do That was the number four song at this time. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And I don't know if we ever found out what it was that he wouldn't do. I mean, but just the name, him, like what it's, I don't. I love that song, and I was there for the '90s of it all. But what's his? What's the deal with Meatloaf? You know, he was big in the 70s. He had that song Paradise by the Dashboard Light, which is a classic, mm -hmm. a classic rock, a rock station classic. And uh, he had some really fine moment in Rocky Horror Picture Show, uh, mm -hmm. which is a cult classic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but then he kind of it feels like he disappeared for like over a decade. Yeah. And then, boom, he came uh, back with that Bad Out of Hell record and uh, uh, anything for love uh, um yeah and yeah I, I don't know what it is that he won't do 
but I think it's real dirty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, yeah. Uh, Use your imagination. Yeah. Use your imagination, <laughs> folks. I thought this next one, I was wrong. I knew it was from a movie, All for Love by Brian Adams, Rod Stewart, and Sting. Was Wasn't it, a, it from Robin Hood? That's what I thought, too. But no, it's a similar movie. Three Musketeers. Oh, gotcha. I totally thought it was Robin Hood, too, so I had to look it up. Because Robin Hood came out earlier. This is 93, end of 93. That was the number five song. Kevin Costner, Robin Hood. Mm -hmm. Interesting. There have been too many Robin Hoods. There have been, yes. Yeah, there there was one just a couple of years ago with Taron Edgerton and Jamie Foxx, which was... Oh, I didn't see that. And And I like both of those actors. Yeah, and wasn't there a Russell Crowe one as well? And then there was Men in Tights too oh yeah that, well that's fun that's uh, yeah yeah that's my guy mel brooks again uh, yeah yeah uh, the spoofs oh yeah yeah well, there have been I a lot for my dogs They're, i don't know if you can hear my dogs going uh oh don't i totally get it i have to put my dogs like in their kennels and bribe them with treats so that they're quiet or they would be bothering me i hear you yep yeah uh, now this song it's called have you heard of this the number six song gangsta lean by drs which stands for Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. You'd think it's a rap song, but it's not. It's an R&B song. Okay. Sometimes and, there's a little bit of crossover. Well, they're dressed uh, very, like, like, a, like in the video. I, I am shockingly not familiar with it. And this is like my jam. I loved like rap and R&B from the 90s, but I am Yeah, no, I still unfamiliar. do. I, I can't Im- immediately recall it, but yeah. um, I might know it if I heard it. But... I'll bet you know the number seven song, Shoop by Salt and Peppa. Oh, yeah. Heck yes. Shoop, it's still shoop, a party song. Doop. Shoop, ba doop, ba doop, ba doop. No, so, yeah. Salt and Peppa knew how to do it. Yeah, they did. Yes. Excuse me. So good. Um, that yeah. was like an, it's still, it has stand the, stood the test of time. Yes. It, it comes has. on now Agreed. and everybody, it gets everybody going. Oh, it gets you on the dance floor. Yep. Tony Braxton's Breathe Again is number eight. Mm-hmm. Um, she was big in the 90s, I feel. And then she had a reality show, right? Didn't her yeah. family growing up Braxton or something? Which I didn't watch. I'm not, I'm the worst person to talk reality TV with. For sure. So, uh, but I'm aware that it happened. Yes, yes. The next song is uh, from one of my favorite albums, from one of my favorite rappers, Snoop Dogg's What's My Name, which is actually the debut single from his very first album, Doggy Style. Hell yeah. And yeah. Of the sea back to the black Snoop Doggy Dog Pokey and the, the, the doc went. And Snoop, he's just uh, gone on to become a beloved figure in pop culture across the board. Love Snoop. Yeah, he's like friends with Martha Stewart and Willie Nelson. He's got a weed brand and he's like playing with his grandkids. He's like like this wholesome weed smoking grandpa now. Yeah, like right? It. Yeah. Oh, he's the best. Yeah. He's the best. And then the number 10 song is called Said I Loved You, But I Lied by Michael Bolton. 
Gotcha. I mean, that guy's got some pipes on him. Michael. Bolton. Yes. I didn't ever get it, though. Like, I'm I mean, he can sing and they're like love songs, mm-hmm. but I don't. It's not for me. Yeah, a little too adult contemporary yes. for me. <laughs> yes. But uh but I, you know, I'm picking up what he's putting down. Listen, the guy can belt it. So uh, I for some reason uh, I'm not gonna hate. I put him and Kenny G in the same. Yeah, they're kind of the that. same to me. <laughs> I don't know why. I feel they're that different. energy. I feel that energy. <laughs> All right. There were some news and events from December of ninety-three. I definitely did not recall this. But several times during the month of December, there was a record set for the Dow Jones. Like every other day, okay. it was like new record set, new record set. It went up gotcha. to uh, three thousand seven hundred ninety-three point four nine. Ah, those Clinton yeah. years, the economy was booming. Yeah, yeah indeed. <laughs> now this is—I don't know what oh. qualifier I want to put on this. The deadline for the Israeli troop withdrawal from Gaza. But they don't. Mm. So the Israeli troops do not withdraw from Gaza, even though they're supposed to. 93. We're literally kind of in the same, like it's 30 years later. Some, and thing, it's this... some things never change. Some yeah. things never change. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's uh, um, move on because I could talk about this and it would get very depressing. Okay. Yes, I know. Uh, yeah. Some t- the news and events, uh, I got to say, are usually kind of depressing. <laughs> like a yeah, lot of no, unfortunate I, I happenings. You. Yes. For sure. Mm. sure. Shannon Doherty is fired as Brenda from Beverly Hills 90210. Do you remember oh, that? Yeah. I vaguely do. Uh, yes, I remember. She was sort of the bad girl of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's going through stuff, tough stuff. I know she's been uh, battling um, cancer. So, yeah, sad to hear. But I remember her being a lot, of, a lot of tabloid headlines for Shannon Doherty back in the day. Before the internet, the grocery store tabloids, indeed. But I don't, this was only yes. in 93. I don't remember it happening that early in the show, but. Anyway, then one of the most famous MTV Unplugged uh, was the Nirvana performance. Oh, yeah. Yep. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. They covered the David Bowie song, Man Who Sold the World. And yeah, Nirvana, uh, Kurt Cobain, Gone Too Soon. Yeah, agreed. Let's see. The sign, speaking of Ace of Base, they were huge apparently in 93 because the single The Sign comes out. and Nine in '94, so like a month later, Billboard it was named Billboard Song of the Year. How about that? The sign was a base, yeah, killing um, it. So now there's a, there's some depressing stuff. We'll do this and then deaths and then come back to weddings. Todd Bridges sure. is arrested. Remember when he was arrested? Oh, just the whole cast of different strokes. Mm-hmm. Sad. Dana Plato gone too soon. Yeah, the sister. Yep. Todd is still alive, though. I think he's maybe, turn- but he was um, transporting methamphetamine, and that's what he was arrested for. But yeah, Listen, I feel he was like- trying to pay the bills. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that money, that different strokes from money bad. ran out. It ran out, ran out. Maybe they had some bad business managers. Who knows? Well, Tuck they were child, child actors, star. so I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I'm going to do deaths and then come back so that we kind of end the news and events on a good note. But a few famous sure. folks died, including Colombian drug lord Pablo Escobar. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. If you want to know his story, check out Narcos. Good show. Good show. Yeah. He was shot or, to death um, by the show police. That, oh, yeah. There's a hail of gunfire. Also, you can learn about Pablo Escobar on a show that my wife 
was uh, the showrunner for on Netflix called How to Become a Mob Boss. How to Become I've, a Mob Boss. Little, I've seen little it. Plugs. It's oh, great. Yeah, my, my, oh, everyone my check wife, that out. That's uh, awesome. Co-wrote, uh, my wife co-wrote most of the episodes and she got to interview Sammy the Bull Gravano and all these mobsters. So yeah, kudos to her. Indeed, that's um, amazing. Very, very fun show narrated by Peter Dinklage on yeah. Netflix. Yes, that's fascinating. Well, you're a lucky, lucky man. How? Indeed, I am. Uh, Frank Zappa also dies from prostate cancer at 52. I didn't realize Too he... Too young. Yeah, he was, in. aside from being a rock guitarist and composer, he was an activist and a filmmaker. You know, he was really ahead of his time and well-spoken when it came to politics. Like I've Mm -hmm. seen him on uh, like their clips floating around. If you Google Frank Zappa political debate with, you know, him, this long haired musician, I think he might have cut his hair in some of the clips. Yeah. Really going toe to toe with some of these political talking heads about, you know, about, you know, just various issues in politics, you know, really thoughtful guy and interesting uh, that, you know, there was a great. One, one more thing about Frank Zappa. There was a great documentary about one of my favorite bands from the 1960s and 70s, the Velvet Underground, and how they had a rivalry. Lou Reed and the Velvet Underground had a really bitter rivalry with Frank Zappa and his uh, uh, group, the Mothers of Invention. So it's some cool stories in the oh. Velvet Underground documentary that's on Apple. Interesting. TV, Apple TV. I, I saw a sh- like a comedy show. It was a fundraiser for Pitbull Awareness. In Washington, D.C. several years oh, ago. To, so to make people aware of Mr. Worldwide, Mr. 305. Uh, yeah. Yes, because he, <laughs> he needs more um, awareness. Yep, yep. Yes. Um, but his no, Frank's, I know you're talking about the dogs. Frank's yeah. <laughs> daughter, Moon. Is it Moon? Yeah, she Moon was the unit. MC Moon of unit. the show. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And then Brandon Tina. Do you remember the trans man that was murdered at age 21? Uh, Hillary that Swank sounds... played. Oh, yes. Played in Boys Don't Cry. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, tragic. Yeah. Tragic stuff. Very. So let's move uh, on. Boys Don't Cry. Cr- a be- beautiful, tragic oh, film. It uh, really is. One of one of Hillary Swank's two Oscars. Uh, what's her other Oscar for, Katie? Million Dollar Baby. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. So some weddings then to get us off of the death ick. Donald Trump marries Marla Maples in December of 93. They divorced um, in 99. You know what? Pass. <laughs> Comedian Rodney Dangerfield at age 72 weds Joan Child, age 41, at Silver Bell's Wedding Chapel in Vegas. And they about it? They actually stayed married until he passed away in 2004. So I guess apparently she gave him some respect. Did he want some respect? Was that a famous line of his? That That's like his most famous line. Hey, I don't get no respect. Oh, yeah, 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 yes. I haven't seen a Rodney Dangerfield movie or like stand up or anything in a long time. So, yeah, yeah. yeah but I can check see out it back to school Caddyshack. But yeah, sta- like that was his like ubiquitous line like that. That was always good. I got no respect. I got no respect. Mm-hmm, uh, you're right. See any old clips of him on talk shows or anything? Uh, the Canadian country singer-songwriter Shania Twain weds the South oh, African. I thought you were going to say Crystal Gale. I thought you were going to say Crystal Gale. No, I don't even know who Crystal Gale is. A Canadian songstress. Oh, 
No. From, from a bygone era. Oh, got uh, it. Shania Twain. But Shania Twain, and she's back with that red hair looking good. Yeah, she, um, I remember she, her she being marry? A, She married a record producer, Robert Mutt Lang. I feel like I've heard of him. But they divorced in 2010. And everybody's like, you know, married and divorced. Billy Ray Cyrus weds Letitia Tish Finley. And they stayed together until last year, apparently. They divorced in 22. Wow. And then uh, a brief marriage between Wayne Brady and Diane Lasso. They were only married for mm. a year and a half. Diane Lasso, the mother of Ted Lasso. <laughs> um, yeah, just kidding. One's a real person. One's a fictional I was just going to say, um, <laughs> I didn't write down what she did, which is maybe it wasn't anything. I have no idea who Diane Lasso Yeah, is. I usually put maybe down what she's an inventor for. of the rope. Lasso, ha ha. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right, we're almost to the movie. So Tombstone was the number seven movie at the box office in December of 93. But there were some other really big releases, including... For the year or... Just uh, December. For December. The, oh, just December. Oh, so uh, Tombstone, not that great at the box office. Yeah, I mean, we'll middling, talk about... Middling. So yeah, it... Like tripled its budget, essentially. Okay. So it made money. So at least didn't take. But a, yeah. yeah, at least didn't take. A, Let's see, Mrs. Doubtfire, the Pelican Brief, yes. and then check out all the sequels. Well, we already talked about Three Musketeers, but then the rest of the you know big what the sequel. You know what the sequel to the Pelican Brief was? The Pelican Boxers. Oh my god. I see. Now that you're a new dad, Hal's bringing dad jokes. Is that is that you what got, happens? You got that. You got that right, Katie. Okay. <laughs> I was doing it even before we had the baby. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So check out all of the sequels. We have Wayne's World Two, Sister Act Two, Beethoven Second, yeah. and Adam's Family Values. Those were all like nice. huge movies in December of ninety three. Sister Act Two has the best uh, uh, subtitle. Of any movie, Sister Act Two, Back in the Habit, mm -hmm. talking about dad jokes. That's a great pun. And Adam's Family Values um, had a song by uh, uh, someone I loved as a kid, MC Hammer. Too legit to quit. Too legit. Too legit to quit. He actually, uh, there was a song in the original movie that he had too, and it's escaping me. I love the Adam's Family movies. But yeah. Fun. MC Hammer. Raul Julia. Great. Mm -hmm. Angelica Houston. Yeah. How could you go wrong with that? Cast? No, it's so good. So good. Okay. I have to ask guests a few questions before we talk about the movie. So my first season of Retromade is around who I deem the ultimate everyman, Kurt Russell and Patrick Swayze. Do you have any particular, and if you don't, that's fine too, either thoughts or fandom to share about either of them? You know, I love both, and they're they're both iconic '80s, '90s actors. We lost Patrick Swayze way too soon. You know, I can't think of Kurt Russell without uh, thinking about his partnerships with John Carpenter. Mm -hmm. So many great flicks: Big Trouble in Little China, The Thing, Escape from New York. Just oh, so great. I love Kurt Russell. Um, and he just seems like a fun guy, like Kurt, like you talk about the everyman, like Kurt Russell, 
I've, I've interviewed uh, once or twice. I, last time was for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I did that junket, but um, he was super gracious and cool. Uh, he seems like it'd be just like an awesome dude to like throw back a few drinks with, you know? That's what um, a lot of people and, say, and I see yeah, that, he, yeah. Yeah, he just seems uh, like an awesome dude. And uh, he, yeah, he was in Hate, Hateful Eight recently, mm -hmm. right? The, uh, the Tarantino flick. Love Kurt Russell. And then P Patrick Swayze, like what a heartthrob. And, uh, but he would kick ass and just we watched him grow up in The Outsiders and then Red Dawn. And um, he's he's awesome. And here's an actual fun fact. Uh, true story. Like I was just on Etsy looking for weird baby onesies because my wife and I, we've got a little one, four month old. And I bought her a onesie that she grew out of like a week later. Oh, man. Um, uh, it had a picture of Patrick Swayze on it and it said crazy for Swayze. I thought it was going to say something about don't put baby in the corner or in a corner. Oh, or that's something. also acceptable. Also, that would be very uh, apt uh, for the baby. <laughs> I but, love yeah, it. it. It was like because when you if, when you go to some of these sites, they have these these um, these logos that you can have printed up on a mug on anything. So I'm like. Oh my goodness, that would be so weird to put on a baby onesie. <laughs> Crazy for Swayze with a picture of Patrick Swayze. And I got it and it was it was awesome. We got a picture of it somewhere. I'll, oh, cute. I'll try to send it to you. Yeah, uh, you should. A little picture. Yeah. I love it. Also, <laughs> that's really awesome that you were able to, um, you got the opportunity to interview Kurt a few times. Yeah, um, just, uh, super gracious. I, I've interviewed um, celebrities who were not gracious. Uh, I can tell you about that. Another I was just going <laughs> to say, we need to have a show about that because I like oh, the Juicy yeah. Goss. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm, I'm very glad mm -hmm. to hear that Kurt was very happy. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's just, yeah. And great guy. And yeah, legend, a true legend. You know, growing up, I always used to associate him for some reason with Dennis Quaid. I always thought it was like Russell and Quaid mm. were really uh, had similar career arcs. But I feel like uh, yeah, in retrospect, uh, Kurt Russell has, you know, both are you know, I've done plenty, but I really, I, Kurt Russell is the actor I would gravitate more, more towards. as far as the better career. Yeah. Uh, more, more interesting filmography, et cetera. I, I agree, but I can see the Dennis Quaid thing. Do you, now, do you think that Kurt Russell and Patrick Swayze uh, have any uh, resemblance in how they look? Well, you definitely have some damn good hair right there. Mm -hmm. Um, like you got some beautiful mullets flying in the flapping in the breeze. Ah, oh, business in the front, party in the back. Oh yeah, they yeah, both their those hair. Dudes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Um, like kings, just two kings with flowing locks. Uh, and uh, I think Kurt Russell a, a little bit more rough around the edges. Patrick Swayze, just a beautiful man. Mm -hmm. You know. Uh. If you know, remember him from the Chippendale sketch from oh my God. Saturday Night Live yes. with Chris Farley. That's Crazy. a great one. He is a beautiful man. And that's a chisel. Nice, yes, yes, yes. Well, so that's why Jamie, I ask everyone this. Yes. And so Jamie's comment was around that, that he thinks they should have yeah. done uh, Brothers Separated at Birth movie. Oh, together. hell yeah. That would have been great. Uh, Tango and Cash was Kurt Russell and Stallone. Yeah, so there was something like that, at least a buddy cop. Or it something. was. You know, it's funny that you say that because I actually I think it was Jamie and Milo from the 80s and 90s Overlooked or Uncensored. 
mentioned they're like it should have been Kurt and Swayze in that instead of Kurt and Stallone. And I was like, right. well, I'll take all three. Thank you very much. But yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's get into it. Tombstone. It was yes. released on December 25th, Christmas Day, 93, rated R. It's over two hours, and it has mm-hmm. a 7.8 rating on IMDb. Mm. Now, I'm going to jump around the order a little bit, because there's the cast is insane, and there's a little bit Stacked. of... Yeah, it's insane. But I'm going to read it, it, the description like, and first. I didn't even remember half the actors that pop up in like small parts and cameos. I'm sure you'll get to it, so I won't spoil it. Well, no, that's exactly why. That's why I like watching older movies because they maybe weren't a big deal at the time, but have gone on yeah. to be. And so you're like, oh, that's so-and-so from blah, blah, blah. That's, yep. that's fine. Yep. But I'm going to read the description first, just so the characters might make a little more sense. So if people haven't seen this movie in 30 years, or maybe not at all, it... Yeah. Here's what it's about. After uh, BTW, it's streaming for free on YouTube right now. Is it really? It is YouTube. It's if you, you know, because uh, you know, listen, uh, times are tough, and I know it's the holidays. People probably just emptied the bank account to get mm-hmm. gifts and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, YouTube, which is free, ha- offers a ton of free movies, and there are oftentimes some really good classic selections in there. So good don't sleep call. On the free movies on YouTube. I, that's how I rewatched it. Uh, coming into the show today. Well, I checked. YouTube. I didn't check YouTube, but yeah, I, I signed up for Hulu <laughs> in order to watch it. But anyway. Right on. After success right. cleaning up Dodge City, Wyatt Earp moves to Tombstone, Arizona, and wishes to get rich in obscurity. He meets his brothers there, as well as his old friend, Doc Holliday. A band of outlaws that call themselves the Cowboys are causing problems in the region with various acts of random violence and inevitably come to the confrontation with Holiday and the Earps, which leads to a shootout at the OK Corral. Now, Kevin Jar was the writer here. He also wrote Rambo First Blood Part Two, where he got a Razzie. Ah. He won a Razzie for that. But he Wow. Yeah. The, but that was a beloved, like, I mean, oh. that movie blew up. You know, um, Rambo, the Razzies hate Stallone. Two. Like they, gotcha. yeah, they, yeah. So there's a lot of like extra hate there. Glory. He also wrote Glory. Oh, yeah. And Zell Washington's first Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. Yes. And Kevin, the writer here, was actually nominated for the Golden Globes for writing that. So he got a Golden Globe nom and a Razzie. I don't know. And then he also wrote The Mummy. So that's Kevin Jar. The director. The Brendan Fraser Mummy. Yes. The Brendan Fraser okay. Mummy. Yes. Because there was a, a god-awful Tom Cruise mummy a few years no, ago. No, it was the Brendan Fraser one. So right there, on. I don't know if you... The director is George P. Cosmatos. And he also directed... So speaking of Rambo First Blood Part Two, he also directed that and was nominated for a Razzie for that. And mm-hmm. But he wasn't the original director. I don't know if you're aware of all... There's like so much controversy around directing of this oh so tell yeah so stallone recommended george p cosmato since he had worked with him um on rambo first blood part two and then also cobra hey, Kurt, i could send a guy your way Kurt. i love it i also um i i co-host on a rocky podcast so i'm a big stallone person yeah nice. but th- but i love, love people's it. impressions i can't do it by the way there's a new rocky store that just opened in 
outside of Philadelphia. Yeah. You need to make a pilgrimage there, Katie. Uh, yeah, there's actually some, you know, insider drama going on with that, too, with it in Ooh. the world of Rocky. But yeah. Gotcha. Um, yes. And there was a Rocky Day recently, like in Philly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Cosmatos was supposedly like a ghost director and Kurt Russell was the real director. Uh-huh. And I've Stallone does this a lot too. I don't know if you're kind of aware of that a lot. Yeah, he'll do that a fair amount too. So the writer, Kevin Jar, was the original director, but he got fired. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I think he was kind of running behind. There were a number of reasons maybe why that was. Um he was maybe asking for things that he needed in order to be successful and didn't get them. But then they were given to the ultimate director. Well, at any rate, they fired him and needed somebody to step in immediately. Mm -hmm. And um, so George P. Cosmatos was able to do that. He was like, I don't care. I'm, I'm on. Boom. But some other people that were considered John McTiernan was considered. Oh, yeah. A classic action director. Yes. Um, but he he requested time to prepare and they said nope <laughs> yep. john Mulis was also wood. considered to take okay. over and then in an interview in the late 90s john carpenter claims that he almost directed it as well so like oh, oh, wow. they went that through a lot of else so anyway cosmatos was ultimately the director but apparently behind the scenes kurt was gotcha I didn't know that. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fr a fraught production. Yes, I've we've covered another one that was kind of like that too. I want to say it was Tango and Cash, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, so we have our Kurt Russell, our Everyman, Kurt Russell playing White Earp. Yes. Val Kilmer gets a lot of praise for his portrayal of Doc Holliday in this. In fact, you know Val Kilmer. He played some great supporting roles in movies. He was wonderful in this. Mm -hmm. And then I love him in the movie Heat. Heat is one of my favorites. The Michael Mann crime film from the 90s. With De Niro and Pacino? That Heat? Yes. Oh, it's so yes. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot Val Kilmer was in that. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Yeah, it's an all-time favorite of mine. I'll watch that anytime. I'm going to actually watch it like, probably this weekend yeah. now that you brought it into my You should. Brain. It, it's so good. And they're going to make a Heat 2 as well. Same people? Um, like Ma Not with De Niro. They're not going to de-age De Niro and Pacino. But I think they're going to get Adam Driver to play the De Niro part. There's some rumors about that because Michael Mann wrote, he co-wrote a, a book, Heat 2, which mm. is simultaneously a sequel and a prequel. It's fun when they do that. Dual storylines, yeah. Like Godfather 2 sort of. Like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You got it. Interesting. I'll be on the lookout for that. Val Kilmer, um, he does get a lot of praise for this. I don't know. I knew that when I rewatched it and I was particularly looking for it. And I don't, I guess I don't see him like standing out far and away from any of the other actors. But I really, I mean, I don't know. I might, I might slightly disagree. Okay. I thought. He just his understated cool, his catchphrases and playing the just the dying mm -hmm. gunman um, who's on his last legs. Yeah, I thought it was pretty memorable. I would say he is the most memorable. Well, 
in the film. I think most people probably would agree with you. And he was nominated for um, an MTV Movie Award this year. He was the only person that got Ooh, like the a most nomination. prestigious award. Yeah. The mo- I, on his role, though, what was his accent? Did you know? I don't. Uh, I was like, he's speaking tuberculosis. Tuberculosis. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? He had a way yeah. of speaking I'll be that a was Huckleberry. Yeah, maybe as a a southern gentleman. Maybe there was something extra to it. Yeah, Yeah. maybe. Yeah, he put a little. He put a little hot sauce on that accent. (laughs) A little hot sauce, and then we have our Sam Elliott. I love Sam Elliott. He plays Virgil, Doc's brother. Did you? Oh, he was Doc's brother. So he and Bill Paxton, who plays Morgan, they're both brothers. Oh, I'm so sorry. Did I I say Wyatt's brother? You're right. My brain, the, Wyatt's brothers. No, believe me. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I did say Doc. I meant Wyatt. By the Wyatt. way, can I ask you a question? I don't want to spoil anything, but are we going to talk at all about the Kevin Costner Wyatt Earp? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, then I will zip it. It's a question. Uh, mm-hmm. I One of the things I found interesting, because I love the reading about who was maybe considered for like alternate castings, those kinds of things. Yes. Well, yes. so they... Who someone didn't want Sam Elliott because they thought that he was too old to play Virgil. He's only seven years older than Kurt. I would like to point out. I looked that up actually. Yeah. 49 and 42. Yeah. 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 But Sam Elliott has always looked 50 plus. Yep. Certainly. Yes. Gray, gray hair, gray mustache. Like he, he wears it well. But yeah, he's a, he's one of these actors who I'm like, was he ever young? Mm hmm. Yeah. You know, those types of actors, when you do see them young, I don't I don't like the young version. I just want the old Yeah, version. they grew into it. Yeah. They grew into it. <laughs> so Bill Paxton plays the other uh, Wyatt's love, other brother. Love him. You know, with Bill Paxton, and I know you're going to mention some other actor, but they're uh, some nice um, James Cameron collaborators in this film. Yeah, good point. With him and... Uh, uh, I don't want to steal your thunder. No, go ahead. uh, Go ahead. The Bean, the Bean, Michael Bean. He saved Sarah Connor and he fought aliens and uh, many other things. This was the fifth movie. Michael Bean and Bill Paxton. Yes. Um, They appeared in The Lords of Discipline, The Terminator, Aliens and Navy Seals. Prior to this, this was their fifth and final appearance on screen together. Yeah, good call. Right. Powers Booth, who's like the bad guy. He's made a career playing bad guys right he's great and you know there's with him and the woman who plays um sam elliott's wife they were both on the show deadwood paula malcolmson yes and she was also in um Ray Donovan. Ray Donovan. Yeah, Ray that's Donovan. who I knew her from. Yeah. She, Yeah, so Paula Malcolmson plays Allie Earp, who's Virgil's wife. Mm-hmm. She also is Katniss's mom in the Hunger Games movies. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So Curly Bill, I don't know if it's Brocious, Brocus, Brocius. Do you know how to pronounce his last name? Um, how do you spell it? B-R-O-C-I-U-S. Curly Bill Brocus. Like, bro- it sounds like Brocious to me. Brocious is who Powers Booth plays. And you yes. all know him for his, he's in tons of bad guy things. Oh, yeah. Michael uh, Bean. Very 
recognizable character actor. Michael Bean, Johnny Ringo. Johnny Ringo. This was he was really good, I thought, as Johnny Ringo. A handsome, like he was handsome in this too, I thought. Oh, absolutely. Well, a handsome guy. And yeah, uh, yeah, almost too handsome to be a bad guy. Yeah. Jason Priestley is also supposed to be one of the cowboys. Jason Mm -hmm. Priestley from 90210. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. He's Billy Breckenridge is his name in this, but he's one of the cowboys, as is Johnny Ringo, Curly Bill. Those are some of the cowboys. Stephen Lang is another one of the cowboys playing Ike Clanton. Mm -hmm. tons of tv Uh, credits and broadway and but i think his biggest claim to fame avatar yep both of them i think i actually haven't seen the second one but i saw the second one and i watched it this way i was a little off put by how long it was and i fell asleep for the first like and i fell asleep you know uh half hour 45 minutes in and woke up (laughs) an hour left in the movie oh my god i kind of dozed in and out yeah but the last hour action packed. So I would recommend be awake for the first half hour, 45 minutes. Allow yourself to uh, nod off if you need to. Wake up for the last hour and the action is going straight. Okay. Congrats. I don't know no, if that's no a regrets. big sell. I'm not sure how big of a sell that is. But yeah. So he's. Yeah. Also, Thomas Hayden Church. Yeah, is yep, who, Billy uh, Clanton might know from Wings and the sitcom and uh, Sideways yeah. and Spider Man. Yeah. Which, which Spider Man was it? Spider Man oh, Two, Sp- the Amazing Spider Man Two. Sure. No, uh, no, Spider Man Two with with Tobey Maguire. He's Spider-Man. in tons of stuff though. But yeah, Ned, Ned and Stacy, Lowell and Wings. Yeah. Yes. But I feel like um, his credit is pretty high up, but his role is pretty small in the small. movie. I thought. Listen, as my theater teacher uh, used to say, there are no small parts, just small actors. I feel like that's been in a lot of movies, too. I feel like theater yeah. teachers <laughs> must say that to everyone. Indeed. To make you feel better about your small part. <laughs> well, there's okay. a lot of small parts. I mean, I think that's the thing about this movie. I hadn't seen it in... Uh, it may as well have been my first viewing because I remembered so little from it. And yeah, there's I just so many characters. It's kind of... I feel like if I watch it over and over again, that issue for me would go away. But rewatching it, I'm like, ah, there's so many people to keep track of. Who's who and blah, blah. You know, I was maybe most blown away by the appearance of Billy Bob Thornton. As like kind of portly, right? Yes. A bit heavier than we know him because mm-hmm. now he's a little bit just gaunt. Yeah. Like I picture him in most of his roles. But uh, yeah, that was very, very surprised by that. I'm like, is that? Yeah, sure. <laughs> hear it in his voice. Yep. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it is. He, yeah, he's um, he plays Johnny Tyler, who like was the original. Like, he made the Oriental bar tavern. He kind of kicked everybody out and was doing the card game. Then Kurt's crew comes in, and it was kind of a strange sequence. Actually, he kind of just like slaps him around and makes him leave, and that's that. Like, Billy Bob was just just like, okay. He got, yeah, Billy Bob got punked by Kurt Russell in this movie. <laughs> yeah, slapped, yeah, like, bitch slapped. Slap. Silly. Yeah. But so then Kurt's crew, they take over the Oriental and get 25% of the Faro game. I'm jumping around a little bit with the people, but sure. um, did you know what Faro was? No, I didn't even know what they were playing. I thought they were playing Hold'em or something. 
they're not playing poker. And that's mm-hmm. why when this, when you see scenes, it's it looks like it's just like a dealer, but it's always one of the Earps, usually Kurt Russell sitting like dealing the table, but he's playing like the banker. It's a game like that. Like there's, I don't know how to play Faro, but that's what they're playing. And there's like a banker dealer type role. Yeah. And uh, it all but went away. I'll have to, I'll have to look up the rules. Yeah. It, I got bored reading about it. So I stopped. But they don't, it's not really a game that is played anymore. It's like an old timey French card game. Aha. Mm-hmm. Noted. But Holiday does play poker in addition. But that's not the, everybody else. They're playing Faro. Got it. Yeah. So Michael Bean. Charlton Heston. Did you recognize Charlton Heston? He, again, it's a pretty small role, but he plays the ranch owner, Henry Hooker. Oh, yeah. Like later they take refuge at his Mm -hmm. ranch. Yes, yes. And the county sheriff, Behan. Mm -hmm. Is it Behan? Behan? Behan. I'm forgetting how they pronounce it. But John Tenney plays him and he is familiar he's in lots of stuff he's probably most known for this as well as his tv roles um he plays andrew nichols in scandal and fritz howard in the closer and okay dana delaney is our lovely josephine she's a theater actress and everyone knows her china beach desperate housewives she's actually in the if anybody have you seen tulsa king on paramount Um, plus Oh, yeah, with Stallone. Yeah, she's in that, too. Lisa Collins plays Louisa Earp, and she's that's Morgan's wife. She was actually married in real life to Billy Zane at the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, who also appeared Who's, in the film as the actor. The actor, Billy Zane. And they say the Cowboys call him, like, the prettiest man I've ever seen. Yes. Something uh-huh. like that. And Jason Priestley's character is uh, has a crush on him, or what are we supposed to think about that? And like the, it's just kind of interesting that they, even some of the cowboys like made some, like sexual jokes at, about him when he's like playing the like he's putting on whatever the show is, and they're being ridiculous. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so Jason Priestley's super into him. And then the other two guys are kind of saying... That would have been a fun subplot if those two were allowed to just be free and be themselves. But he wasn't hiding it, which was interesting in the the Mm -hmm. Old West. And yeah, they were... Even the Cowboys were talking about, oh, I've already done that, been there, done that. I don't know. I I don't know. I thought it was interesting that they shined a light on that. Uh, Yeah, kind of alluded to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kate is played by Joanna Pacula, um, and Kate is uh, Doc's lady in the movie. Okay, oh, yes. Michael Rooker plays Sherman Mas- McMasters, and he's in, like, a ton and ton, a ton of stuff. He's also... Oh, yeah. He plays Hal in Cliffhanger. Stallone. I could make anything a Stallone reference, but... Yes, and I love Michael Rooker, Walking Dead, mm-hmm. the Guardians films. Yeah, he's yeah. great. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Also, is Kurt... Or, no. I'm thinking yeah, Kurt Russell is, is in the second one. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we talked about Billy Zane, Billy Bob Thornton. There's a lot of Billies, both the names of the actors and the names of the characters. Almost everyone is named mm-hmm. Billy. Man, too many Billies in this movie. There's, there are. Like, it, I'm and getting why didn't confused. They get Billy Baldwin. Uh... Actually, he was considered or wanted, he will get to the casting, whatever. But yeah. 
Oh, gotcha. Uh-huh. So then we have a lot of other small parts by famous people. Did you ever see, um, did you watch Yellowstone? This, You know what? I'm the one person who's not seen Yellowstone yet, but I'm fully aware. I, same. I mean, I just recently watched it because I kept hearing so much about it. Well, right. Forey J. Smith plays a small role in this, and you will all recognize him because he is uh, Lloyd in Yellowstone. And he's like a real cowboy in real life, I think. We also have John Philbin, Robert Burke, um, and then Wyatt Earp. Like the fifth cousin, it's like gotcha. Yeah, I noticed that in the credits, yeah. the IMDb. There, yeah, there was an actual guy named Wyatt Earp in the movie. He's actually the fifth cousin of the real Wyatt Earp, and he plays I another Billy, Billy Claiborne, in this. John Corbett, Terry O'Quinn, plays the oh, mayor. Yeah, John Corbett, yeah, okay. Robert Mitchum is the narrator. Love Robert Mitchum, yeah. one of the great classic actors. Uh, highly recommend Night of the Hunter, a haunting film. Ooh, okay. He was originally supposed to have a different role in this, but he like fell off of a horse and injured himself, so that's why he's the narrator. Oh, yeah, he was you know an older gentleman at that point. Yeah, yeah. And then I don't know if you caught <laughs> Sylvester Stallone's brother Frank in this. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's in an early scene, listener, um, where he's like playing cards with Doc and he loses. They, they get in a fight. And mm-hmm. um, how you may not know this, but listeners might if you listen to this show and um, Ryan, my co-host on the Rocky show, One More Round, he has a show yes. about Rambo also. And on that show, there's a segment that has kind of become notorious now about frank stallone because i don't know if you know anything about him in his personal life but he's he's got a lot of wild takes on things like he's um gotcha yeah conspiracy theorist yeah like full q and on well maybe i don't i mean yeah i don't he's just different (laughs) let's just put it yeah he's wild and so they cover him in a segment on the rambo show about his postings and he will bring up the fact that he was in Tombstone all the time. That's his <laughs> big claim to fame. I guess if yes, I had like, his finest hour, you know, if my brother was like one of the most famous people on the planet and I had been in one movie, I'd probably be talking about it too. Yeah. yeah. So there's tons of characters. I probably missed some because I was trying to go through them without boring you all. But yes, there's tons and tons of favorite people or famous people in this, um, which makes it fun. I think oh, yeah. I very much think that. How? Especially today, in retrospect, it was seeing like all these people who weren't at the peak of their fame popping up back then was real cool. Do you have, what are your overall impressions or favorite scenes? You know, overall impressions. uh, So I like the movie a lot. I do feel, and I guess they were trying to be true to history or what have you, but I felt it. Like it reached a climax when the our four main hero, Kurt Russell, Sam Elliott, Paul Kilmer, and Bill Paxton, were walking down the street in that iconic shot going to the OK Corral. Love it. Um, and like that was that that like that was to me that was the climax of the movie. But there was still like forty five minutes of movie or yeah. so after that, and I felt like that the end was a little anticlimactic. It kind of just like it 
you know, you had, you were just like tying up loose ends. And like you'd had a, like a guy gets killed here, a guy gets his, you know, come up there. I wish it, it could have gone down and just to make it a little shorter budget, put in, put everybody at the okay. Well, they fudged uh, a lot. This was not historically yeah. accurate by any stretch of sure. the imagination. But I agree so, with you. Yeah, I, yeah, I felt like it. It didn't carry its. It didn't keep it its momentum going till the end. I felt like it petered out a little bit. As far as you know, best scenes. Yeah, the walking to the OK Corral is amazing. You know, I'm a the Val Kilmer Doc Holiday camp here. I thought he's just like a special brand of cool, even though he's dying of uh, horrific tuberculosis um yeah like that's the main stuff uh and then just seeing all these guys pop up you you pointed out like michael bean as johnny ringo i loved his moments and that dynamic with val kilmer oh yeah they when every time they would start jawing at each other and face off like that was great um yeah but then there were some things that like i was like huh you know, the fact that Kurt Russell had this half-baked love story with Dana Delaney. Meanwhile, his his wife is an opium addict. I don't know. I wanted to know more about that. I felt like that was a little undercooked. Oh, uh, like yeah. That was a little undercooked. Fully agree. Yeah. Yeah. It. Well, my brain is swirling with follow-up questions. I don't know where to start first. But sure. um, so the movie was over two hours, but <clears throat> the other movie named Wyatt Earp that came out around the same time as this. And it's with Kevin Costner. Why does Hollywood do this all the time? It does. It does. It's So that version is with Kevin Costner, Dennis Quaid, and Gene Hackman. Oh, see, Dennis Quaid was in that. I made the Dennis Quaid. Yes. Yes, Dennis. Gene Hackman, great, by the way, Mm -hmm. in one of my all-time favorite Westerns, Unforgiven. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, so good. Well, so that a couple of years ago again, that Wyatt Earp, which was like three and a half hours long, this is kind of where I was going. Oh, gosh. Now, so I am not opposed to a long movie if the story warrants it. And apparently it didn't. I have not seen Wyatt Earp. Have you? Let me get your um, impressions about Tombstone versus Wyatt Earp. You know, I need I would need to rewatch it. Um, first, I'm, I'm damn glad that. Tombstone wasn't over three hours. (laughs) It felt a little long in the tooth at two plus, especially Mm -hmm. because it lost the momentum. And Tombstone, I think, wins. It was first to the party. It was. And more memorable performances. Yep. And yeah, Hollywood needs to stop cannibalizing itself and shooting and being incestuous, shooting itself in the foot and releasing uh, Armageddon and Deep Impact. Yep. Tombstone and Wyatt are there. There are other ones. There are other. There's tons of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm giving the win to Tombstone just because I maybe it's a recency biased uh, because I just watched it. Well, you wouldn't be but. alone. I didn't. I I don't recall the IMDb rating, but Tombstone's IMDb rating is pretty high. And just my quick little, the consensus seems to be that Tombstone is the better movie for the reasons that you mentioned. Sorry, Costner. Yeah. Um, yeah, the love story. Yeah. So that. Yeah. So. His wife, um, yeah, she's addicted to laudanum. I laudanum. I'm saying it wrong, probably. Which mm-hmm. opium? And apparently, in real life, she was as well. Uh, and apparently, like back in the day, it wasn't super uncommon 
and a lot of women were addicted to it. But we find it out. I kind of love that, like, we're introduced to her and immediately she gets off the train and she's like, I can't find any laudanum. None of the stores sell it. And then one of the other wives are like, oh, I've got some in my bag. Here you go. Like, it, like that's her first uh-huh. priority. She gets off the train. Also, that scene when we meet Kurt Russell. Yes. He's so handsome. Oh, absolutely. He's so absolutely. handsome. That mustache, that, that little squint he's got. From the sun beating down on him. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's and, why uh, Dana Delaney you, you, says she wants one. That's what she says oh, yeah. about him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She wants one of those, <laughs> one of those old West lawmen. Happy Hunting says Billy Zane. Uh, says Billy Zane. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Go get him, girlfriend. <laughs> but then, in addition to him being handsome, we're first. A couple of theater kids. A couple of theater yes. kids. Dana Delaney and Billy Zane. I know. I love there. it. Well, because at first, you don't know. They step out of the carriage together and it's like, oh, maybe they're a couple. But no, we immediately find out that they're not by their little mm-hmm. exchange. Yes. I personally, and I imagine a lot of people were also, I think this was good movie making, were immediately endeared to Wyatt because that scene, he stops some piece of shit from beating his horse. And, oh, Yeah. yeah. Slaps that guy in, yeah. in the face with the, whatever that rope or whatever mm-hmm. he was hitting the horse with. And he's like, hurts, don't it? Yeah. And then I think he just like takes the horse. It's like, yeah. yeah. And then he's like, I'm sorry he did that to you, horse. And then he kisses his horse on the lips. <laughs> That's so what I would have done. Yeah. Also, the scene. So, yeah. So the love story, I didn't know what to make of it either because it was half-baked. I think your point is well taken. The, the scene where his wife is, yeah, I mean, she's addicted to opium. And so she's not really with it. But the scene, I just wanted to shake her when he says to her, like, something about, we've got enough money. Why don't we just um, travel the world and live on room service for the rest of our mm-hmm. lives? And she, like, laughs at him. And I'm like, I will, please. I'll come. I'll be your wife. I'll do that, Kurt Russell. Yeah, t- taking that out of Dana Delaney's, uh, yeah, Dana Delaney was talking about that. And he's like, so enchanted with her. He's like, can I turn my wife into this type of woman? Nope, she's drugged out, uh, out of it. But then at the end, he gets to do that. So that was our little tying up to your point. The mm-hmm. callback, he ends up with Josie at the end. And they end up dancing and kissing in the snow. He gets his girl. And, oh, it turns out she's rich. Isn't that lovely? And after they dance, yeah, after they dance, he says, oh, we're going to go get room service after this. So it was like that perfectly. Yeah, it was perfect. They did tie it up. They did tie it up. But, yeah, just uh, while we were watching it, I'm like, oh, this, you know, I just felt bad for his wife. And and she she needed a rehab. (laughs) Sadly. Well, so, I mean, with that, though, um, she leaves. So, spoiler alert, um, Morgan, the brother, dies in the shootout. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sam Elliott. Takes one in the back. Sam Elliott gets shot and loses the use of his the left of his arm. arm. Yeah. So, he mm-hmm. escorts all of the ladies back wherever they're, I don't know where they're going, but they leave. Mm-hmm. And then Kurt Russell's free to now, like, the wives pissed because she knows there are like 
two instances where both women kind of come for Kurt to comfort him and they see, like, the wife sees this yeah, happening. They, so they she's, make steely eye contact. Little love triangle. You. Yeah. So she, are we, what are we led to believe, do you think? Because they're still married. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, led to believe that, listen, she was, uh, she was an opium head. We, we saw what it did to Powers Booth's character. He <laughs> ran out in the middle of the street and started firing guns off. And she was just like laughing, couldn't control her emotions. So listen, it was a dying marriage. It was sad. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was just weird how it's like, yeah, he's married to this drug addict. And like her character was like, you're not you know, just a little under underwritten. Mm-hmm. Very. Yes. And Josie knows he's not happy and she doesn't care if he's married. Yeah. <laughs> um, nope. But in real life, I was reading that. So obviously this movie takes liberties in a lot of ways. But apparently um, Wyatt and Maddie, I think they stayed married and they're buried next to each other. So oh. I don't know if this was if this Josie interlude was just a little fling and he goes back or. It's a movie, yeah. yes, but or yeah, maybe it was just all Hollywood magic. Yes, I want to get your thoughts on the sanatorium. So, cut to after the perfect ending with Kurt and Dana Delaney. We actually, to your point about it petering out, like each scene gets lesser and lesser. Then we cut to the sanatorium, where you know we where Doc Holliday is dying on his deathbed. Yeah. And we can tell that Kurt goes there every day. What did you think about that final scene? Like their exchanges and... I, you know what? I didn't mind it. I thought that was nice farewell to his character. And, you know, Kurt trying to, you know, humor him and or Wyatt trying to humor him and play some cards with him. I didn't mind that uh, thread being tied up because, yeah, he was dying the whole movie. So, yeah, let's see him kick the bucket. But... um yeah, d- didn't mind it, but it seemed like, again, we hit some high notes and then it was a slow fade toward the end with all these retros, with all these scenes tacked on. It just felt uh, like, okay, uh, let's, we got a lot of business to do at the end of this movie. Let's clean up this storyline, this storyline. Let's round off this character's story. So, yeah. Yeah. Because so there was it, a. It comes in that flurry of scenes. But, uh, substantively i didn't mind it i like the line about you know or the message like go live your life live for me like yes just yeah go live yeah Um, i like that too that's nice uh but there was an earlier like fake out kind of death scene with doc that i liked much better actually Mm -hmm. uh and then doc comes and saves the day with Ringo. Oh, with him and his lady? No, where, or... like, he's at the ranch, and he and Kurt say goodbye oh, yeah. to each other. Essentially, Kurt's led to believe he's dying, um, but uh-huh. then he shows up to kill Johnny Ringo yes. just before Kurt arrived, giving him the second opportunity to use the I'm your Huckleberry line. Yeah. Um, The death scene, though, I did think that the... I don't know who, like, if this is the costume people, uh, effects people... Doc did look sick. Like they, I thought they did oh, a good yeah. job of making him look sweaty. Oh yeah, that's makeup and, and effects. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and pale, sweaty eyes yep. are red. Um, yeah, just a sickly pallor. And then he laid on a bed of ice for that scene. Apparently, he had them 
So that he would Method. be shaking. Yeah, he would be shaking and uncomfortable yeah. and it would be more real. Speaking of that famous line, I'm your Huckleberry, were you aware of controversy over what he actually says, if that's what he says? Were you aware of any of that? No, I wasn't. So back in the day, they would, like, on a casket, they would call them, like, huckles. So they would, instead of a pallbearer, they would call them hucklebearers. So okay. some, there was this school of thought that he says, I'm your hucklebearer. Because he kind of says it with oh. an accent, but he he doesn't. He does actually say, I'm your Huckleberry, meaning I mean business. I'm the man for the job. What yeah. There's some thought that might have come from like Mark Twain's Huckleberry Finn. Yeah, Huckleberry Finn, Finn mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But oh, yeah. you, you so heard it first here, everyone. Somebody, he says I, Huckleberry. I now, and nowadays, they, someone will say something like, yeah, you got the right one for that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or you're messing with the wrong one because mm-hmm. you don't want to mess with me. No. And I wouldn't. Or you're messing with the right one uh-huh. because I'm up because I'm up for a fight. Up and down. All the English language is wild. Oh, we yes. won't. Yeah, we won't get into that. Let's see. Um, Kurt Russell. Did you know that he um, named his son Wyatt after Wyatt Earp? Oh, funny. Yeah. Before and, uh, he played Wyatt Earp, like he went actor on to, in his own right. He went on to play the role later. Uh, there's a few other little trivia pieces. Please. Um, Kevin Jar wanted David Bowie to play Doc. Oh, that would have been fascinating. Mm-hmm. Very. Willem Dafoe was also considered. Ooh, great actor. Great yeah. actor. Well, apparently he the, he didn't get it because he was in a controversial role called The Last Temptation of Christ in 1988, and they wanted somebody more safe, I yeah, guess. Yeah, the Scorsese film. I haven't mm-hmm. seen that. I'm going to have to watch uh, it yet. Watch it. I haven't seen it either, but I'm well aware of a, a controversy around it. You know, tried to he tried to present a three-dimensional picture of a Christ and... Yeah, that'll step on some toes. Yeah, of course it will. In speaking of Billy Baldwin, he this is the, he auditioned for the role of Doc. Uh, Mickey Rourke turned down the role of Johnny Ringo. Oh, bad move, Mickey Rourke. Yeah, Jar wanted Liam Neeson for Wyatt Earp, and Richard Gere was interested. Jar wanted mm. Tommy Lee Jones for Curly Bill. That would have been good. Oh like, yeah, good bad yeah. guy. There's several of those like what ifs. I always find those really interesting. So there's lots of trivia. There's lots of stuff about this movie, you guys. And while I appreciate some of the handsome men that we were treated to, I'd rather not stay in the wild, wild west. So we must now return to the present day reality until next time. Hal, I cannot thank you enough for joining me to relive 1993 and to pay homage to this classic westerns filled with super notable actors. Do you have any final thoughts yeah, not... about the movie? And then please don't forget to tell us where we can find you. Sure. Yeah, this was wonderful. Like a lot of memory lane here to, from everything from Ace of Base to Murder, She Wrote. And the amount of, yeah, like actors and small parts populating this film, it reminds me a little bit of Black Hawk Down. Because when you go and watch that movie, it's like, oh my goodness, he's in it and he's in it. All of these actors before they blew up kind of in their own right. It's kind of, it's just got a, like a stack 
mm-hmm. cast. Mm-hmm. And th- this was wonderful to re- revisit this film. I think a very solid Western, not the best Western of the 90s. I think that uh, definitely goes to Clint Eastwood's Unforgiven, which I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, Academy Award winning film. But yeah, strong performances. And it's like an iconic turn from Val Kilmer and Kurt Russell. You're just, uh, this is a great reminder just how much I like that guy and how much I want to grab a brewski with him. Uh, Katie, uh, so much fun chatting with you and um, great research. You really bring it. So, oh, uh, thanks. Like, kudos and kudos to you for um, uh, uh, giving me all these fun facts and cool info. And if anybody's listening, uh, want to see uh, some. Uh, pop culture uh, stuff and some some comedy and maybe an occasional baby picture now and again. Uh, You can follow me at Hal Rudnick on Instagram and on Twitter, which is now X, uh, at Hal Rudnick. And thank you all for listening or watching. If you like the show and have not offered a rating or review yet, this is your official reminder. Until next time, be kind. Rewind. (laughs) What? <laughs>